This is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Spreading like fist. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Welcome to Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. This is episode 505. Thank you very much for your support. I am one of your hosts, Dave the Rave. And make sure that you check us out, MarkinOut.com. Give us a like on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at MarkinOut, at Dave the Rave underscore MO, at BTTG161, at Chris Swindog. Make sure you check us out on iTunes. Uh, where else, Brandon? I- it's it's Apple Podcasts now. Apple Podcasts. It's Apple Spotify. Podcasts and Spotify. <laughs> hey, Brandon. Markingout.com. Yes, and I am here with Brandon. Brandon, 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 how are you? I'm doing awesome as always. ProWrestlingTees.com slash out. Yeah, gotta plug the merch. Uh, yeah, but... All about uh, the gimmicks. How was your week? Hey, you know... I had a really great week. Uh, a lot of work, a lot of work, but been trying to balance some uh, me time in there. Been balancing that out pretty well. And ended up meeting up with Chris the other day with uh, one of our friends. And it was a good time. We got to project uh, the TV, the Yankees game on the fence, and then some AEW on the fence. And it was pretty cool. You know, very relaxing, well needed. Yeah, I'm sure well, we'll hear more about that later. Yeah. So, Maybe. what about you? Uh, not much. I, uh, I, I'm definitely going to mention it later. But uh, I, I watched Hubie Halloween this past week. It came out on Wednesday. Uh, Adam Netflix. Sandler, Adam Sandler's Halloween film. Yes, on Netflix. It's a huge stack cast. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I really enjoyed that movie. So. I feel like it shows that Adam Sandler is really one of the most likable people in Hollywood. But uh, just, I mean, it's why, you, getting a lot of negative reviews, but I that's like always the oh, case with the, an Adam Sandler movie. Oh, I, I mean him himself. Oh, yeah. You know, because all of his movies, he's able to always bring in pretty much anybody. Yeah, it's stacked. And also Dan Patrick's in like... 20 Adam Sandler movies at this point, it feels like, <laughs> which is so weird, but Dan Patrick sportscaster. Um, okay. That's what I thought. I was just like, that, is that <laughs> the, name of the guys that usually are in all the movies. Yeah. No, Dan Patrick Dan has Patrick. been in like the past, like maybe 10 or so start. He was, I, I think the first one he was in was Waterboy, which makes sense because it was like a sport movie. Yeah. But like grownups and, um, uh, I don't know. I forget. I think maybe Ridiculous Six as well. I don't know. I I still really like Grown Ups. I think Grown Ups I, I like. Yeah, I liked Grown Ups. I like Grown Ups Two. I yeah, Grown Ups Two is good. I like one, especially just with the Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> I mean, come on. No, no wrestlers in this film though. That was kind of disappointing. But uh, but it was it was like I I uh, I'm going to explain to Chris <laughs> probably. <laughs> What, what's the what's the premise of this? It's Halloween. Is there any? Is it haunted or? It's it's a Halloween film, and there's uh, a murderer on the loose, maybe. 
So Adam Sandler has to solve a murder case. Yeah, kind of, basically. And he's not like a he's not a police officer or anything. He tries to be like the he's like the most uh, unliked person in the town. Uh huh. But he always tries to do right. Mm-hmm. So he like Sounds... he was bullied and then still stayed being bullied. Ah. Uh... So don't bully people, damn it. Yeah. Yeah. You never right, know so if they if you if you'll never know if they'll uh, save your life or not. Yeah, it's true. It's true. But I, honestly, I didn't really do much else this week. I didn't. Uh, I didn't cook anything extravagant. I grilled some bar- burgers in the the fall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, something I always like to do. Always yeah, wanted to. I, I feel like that's always something that you enjoy doing is just grilling during the fall or winter too. Yeah, during the colder months, it's it's more enjoyable because it's like the grill's hot enough. Mm-hmm. I don't need the sun blaring down and making me sweat or or anything else. Yeah. So. Huh. All right. Good deal. Well, we had a uh, pay-per-view this past week. Yeah. And WWE announced that they redesigned the WWE Performance Center for NXT. And they were calling it the Capital Wrestling Center, which is a nod to the first name that WWE had, which was the Capital Wrestling Company. In the 50s, uh, founded by Jess and Vince McMahon Sr. And it was a cool it had a cool video uh, opening package giving us the history and stuff about Capital Wrestling. Uh, a little bit, at least. Uh, and the, the logo is really cool. Yeah, the logo is the uh, a slightly modified version of the actual Capital Wrestling Company logo. It just has a... The C's are more um, spread out, I guess, so you could fit the N and the T in between the, the X. Yeah. But that was legit, the logo. So that's that's oh, really yeah. cool. Yeah, I, I think that, that the entire setup of this was really cool introduction. Yeah, and Triple H uh, described it as a, uh, I believe he says a metal show stage. Mm-hmm. Or something. So that's got there's cages all around. There's there's pods. There's actual fans there now in pods. Invited fans. They get COVID tests. I believe. No, maybe they don't get COVID tests. Hmm. I think I'm thinking of SNL. But <laughs> <laughs> which SNL? They they took the thing down because it was ruled illegal. I guess in New York State, they're now paying fans to come to SNL, so they're technically employees to get around it. Huh, that's interesting. But they do give you the rapid gimmick, but when you get there. But I don't think, uh, I don't think, I don't know if NXT does the the tests for, for everybody in, in attendance. Um, Who knows? But it was kind of annoying because there were people there wearing, not wearing their masks properly. Yeah. And I get I, that, I get that they're in like a pod and like a social uh, bubble, but bro, come on. Yeah, keep it on. You know, first match of the evening, though, we saw Damian Priest defeat Johnny Gargano to retain the NXT North American Championship. I like this match. Um, Damian Priest end up, ended up taking some people out by mistake and Johnny Gargano kicks him below the belt behind the referee's back. Uh, but later on, he hit the reckoning while Johnny was draped on uh, over the middle rope. 
So I, I think I, I think thought, that was Johnny's twentieth takeover. Yeah, he he's, has the most matches and stuff, and I thought that this was a a fun match to open up. Um, there was a that one part, the one part that stood out to me where it was just like I had, feel like I'm fighting myself to enjoy it. Is the spot where the steel steel steps are on the outside, uh, where they tease like um, where Damien Priest was teasing falling into the steel steps. It was a little bit predictable for me, hmm. but overall, I think it's a it was a good match, and I'm very happy that Priest retained. Next up, you had Kushida pick up the victory over Velveteen Dream. Um, Man, this match you kind of you kept on seeing that hard style of Kushida, but from like the start. before that even. Velveteen Dream came out dressed as Doc Brown. Yeah. To mess with Kushida, who typically dresses like Monty. (laughs) (laughs) Um and I I pop for that, but I uh I wish this match was quicker to show off Kushida's mean streak. Because it kind of started off a little slow and then it finally started to pick up. And uh, Kushida continued the attack even after the match. Yeah, um, he locked in that his finisher, the submission hold. Yeah, the hoverboard he, lock. The hoverboard lock. He locked that in, and there was no way Velveteen Dream was escaping that one. And I really liked the way that it ended. Um, I forgot. I think he hit him with this finisher, and he maintained the lock on him, and that was it. Yeah. So it was pretty cool. Uh, they announced the return of Halloween Havoc. Hosted, or, yeah, hosted by Shotzi Blackheart too. Yeah, uh, Wednesday, October twenty eighth. It's not a takeover, but I will a hundred percent. If it's like, uh, it'll be I guess like Great American Bash, where it's a special episode of take uh, of NXT. Uh, I they need the the pumpkin. I uh, yeah, they need that so. pumpkin. Yeah, but I'm looking forward to that. Uh, the next match we saw Santos Escobar defeats Isaiah Swerve Scott to retain the WWE, uh, the NXT Cruiserweight Championship, uh, which I thought, I think this might have been uh, outside the main event, my favorite match. And that's um, funny. Be- that, that's funny because this match, I actually couldn't get into that much i don't know i thought this was a really exciting match you had raul mendoza and joaquin wild run down to distract the referee but swerve hits that hurricane rana um from the top rope to santos escobar mm-hmm. and legato catches him then you have yeah. somebody who we don't normally really see ashante the adonis came out helps uh take uh legato del fantasma out and then swerve Swerve kicks out of the Phantom Driver. I thought for sure we were going to be seeing a new Cruiserweight champion. Yeah. I don't think it might it might not be over between the two of them. I don't think that it is over. I think there's going to be a lot more to it, but I don't know. Uh, who's next? Uh, well, Ashante was interviewed later, and he just said that it's showtime, so maybe it's him. Ah, that's true. That's so. true. Next up, you had Io Shirai successfully defending her championship against Candice LeRae. Um, this match I was very much looking forward to, and I don't think it disappointed me at all. Yeah, the referee got hit twice during this. 
Um, Candace hit the, the wicked stepsister and Johnny ran out with a referee shirt to count the, the three, but I believe EO kicked out. Yeah. She, I thought that that was it. It was very Bailey esque with Sasha Banks when she did that. Yeah. Johnny then argues with the actual referee and gave Candace the championship behind the ref's back, which she used and EO still kicked out. So, uh, I once Gargano retained, uh, lost the, the, or once Damian priest retained, I thought maybe that was going to be Candace's win there. Mm-hmm. That wasn't the case. I totally agree with you. Something I, I really like the way that they knocked out the referee too. Um, originally knocked out the referee to lead to Gargano to come out. Yeah. It, it was a very, I don't know if I've ever seen anybody knock out the referee in that manner. I forgot exactly how it started and everything, but it ended up with EO knocking the referee to the outside. And I just thought it was a very innovative way to knock the referee out of the ring. And I thought that was pretty cool. I thought for sure once Gargano passed Luray that championship belt to use it, that was going to be it. Yeah. Uh, Afterwards, though, Tony Storm appeared on the screen to announce that she's back. And I'm like, but that's not the green person, is it? Mm -hmm. Then the green promo happens and it's revealed that it's Ember Moon. So it wasn't it wasn't Bo Dallas. I thought it was clever that she tweeted out saying you better believe that I'm back or something like that. Yeah, I don't want to say I was let down, but I really was hoping for Bo. Um, hopefully WWE has paid attention and noticed that there was a positive reaction to Bo Dallas. If there were enough people, like there had to have been enough people saying, I wish it was Bo, I hope it's Bo, for Ember Moon to catch on and say what she said. Yeah, for sure. Main event I saw so. Finn Balor defeat Kyle O'Reilly to retain the NXT Championship. It doesn't necessarily live up to what I was hyping could be the best NXT match of all time, one of the best WWE matches of all time. Uh, however, I thought this was a really good match, and I, I enjoyed it. I totally agree with you, you know. I For me, I feel like this match really did... Um, live up to my expectations, which I knew it was going to be a great match, but I also knew it was going to have its moments of drawing out with the technical aspect. And I thought that they both wrestlers delivered. The only downside is Finn Balor fractured his jaw during it. Yeah. He fractured it in two places, I believe. Yeah. Um, totally awful. And hopefully it's a speedy recovery. I'm not, I'm really not too sure about it. That sort of a fracture. I mean, I don't know if they're going to put him in a um, a brace or anything like that, like a little cage, but I don't know. Uh, but afterwards, Finn Balor helped Kyle O'Reilly up, and they shook hands, and then Ridge Holland appears out of nowhere with a beaten down Adam Cole. He dumps him over the barricade. Bobby Fish is there uh, with Roderick Strong wondering what the heck happened. Uh, Bobby Fish questioning Finn Balor if he saw anything, which I thought was weird because, like, mm-hmm. he was just in the match with Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was that was NXT Takeover Thirty One. Uh, 
Uh, yeah, I, I feel was... weird going out of like out of like we're in date order here. In date order. Well, because up next would be Monday Night yeah. Raw. Why? What's what's what do you well, mean? Well, because you had NXT, then you oh, instead Raw, of going NXT. to the NXT and then this and then that, do you want to go into NXT? Sure, okay. we can go to NXT. We'll let's, skip let's, Raw for right now. Let's, let's let's help you feel better. We had a new class of signees uh, report to the Performance Center: uh, Brandy Lauren, Kurt Stallion, Anthony Green, Leon Ruff, Joe Gacy, Josh Briggs. Jake Clemens and an NCAA All-American from Duke, uh, Jacob Casper. A bunch um, of them have been on, not a bunch, but Brandy Lauren has been on quite recently. Uh, Leon Ruff has probably been used the most. Yeah. Jake Clemens was uh, in that storyline on Monday Night Raw as the referee. You can remember some of the other wrestlers from the NXT Evolve episode. Yeah. Uh, as um, well as, uh, well, I believe Leon Ruff wrestled that one, and so did Brandy. Yeah, I, I'm very, the one that caught me off guard was Joe Gacy. I think there were rumors. Oh, I I, I don't know. I, I haven't seen the rumors, but that really surprised me. But I was really happy to see all of them. Um, I'm really excited to see actually all of them, you know? Um, um, yeah, but so earlier, uh, earlier who, in the was, night... Hold on, who was, uh, what was the, oh, Kurt Stallion. I don't know what your take is, but Kurt Stallion, when we saw him live, he reminds me of a very young Edge. Does that make sense? I thought you were going to say Heath Slater. I don't know. I could see Heath, <laughs> but for some reason, he reminds me of a, a very young Edge when he first got started. Hmm. But, yeah, let's go on. So, earlier in the night, they had, um... They had showed uh, Kushida and and Champa were in a pull apart brawl, and Regal scheduled this as an opening contest. It was originally advertised as Ember Moon kicking off the show, uh, but Tommaso Champa defeats Kushida via disqualification because Velvet Dream Velveteen Dream came out and attacked Champa. Even though I could like legit swear it was Dream attacking Kushida, I don't like no Kushida. Uh, I, I don't know because like I rewound it a few times and it's still I, to me I, like because those stupid camera cuts. Forth. It's those it damn camera and, cuts. I think it went back and forth. Yeah, but the very first hit I could swear was on Kushida. Very, very first hit, I feel like it was Kushida on. No, because it Dream, Dream went off the top rope. With an axe, axe handle smash, and I guess he clipped Champa's arm, maybe. Mm-hmm. But Kushida ends up attacking Velveteen Dream. Dream runs off. So they're continuing that. After that, we saw Ember Moon uh, speak about returning. I, I wish this promo was more serious. She yeah. laughed through the whole thing. And then, and then finally gets to mentioning wanting a championship. EO came out, went to speak, but she gets cut off by Rhea Ripley. Ripley was attacked by Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai. Ember Moon jumps in to make the save, and then Regal sets up a tag match. After that, Mackenzie Mitchell asked why EO didn't help Ember or Rhea, and she goes, eh, not my problem. I like it. I take it. 
We saw the Undisputed Era backstage discussing Ridge Holland's attack. Adam Cole said that uh, Ridge broke his ribs and now he's a dead man. So Cole, I guess, is out with a uh, uh, work injury. But Mm -hmm. they show another video clip from earlier in the night of Drake talking uh, about Killian Dane being a tag team with him. Dane shows up and he's like, nah, we're not a tag team. Drake's like, no, we got music and everything. <laughs> so Killian Dane and Drake end up picking a vic- picking up a victory over Ever Rise. Uh, the, the entrance theme song that they had was hilarious with Drake dancing to it and Dane saying, absolutely not, shut this off right now. <laughs> I thought that was funny. And I'm such a fan of Ever Rise and the comedy stuff between Drake Maverick and Killian Dane could like go so well with ever ever rise yeah dane power bombs drake maverick onto chase parker to pick up the victory there so it's still like i don't want to be your partner yeah but i'm still gonna pick up the victory here (laughs) which is cool that he's doing a offense to drake but it's really to the other team yeah uh, well, Drake was kind of out of it too, but and then he yeah. got up and celebrated his victory. Uh, after that, we saw Tony Storm in a video package from Cancun, Mexico, and she mentioned about how this is going to be a new Tony. Uh, I don't. I, I thought like, what? what where's what's the travel ban? What? Where is that? Does travel that... ban not exist anymore? Could I go to Mexico? <laughs> 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 like legit. Like she was in Japan. Give it a shot. Could I go to Japan? Maybe. After that, we saw the Garganos talking and walking uh, their dog. And uh, they were speaking about TakeOver and how they didn't win the the championships and how they definitely need rematches. And then they show up at their house and there's a big screen television sitting there with uh, a note from Indy Hartwell. Which I like this segment because Johnny, like at first, was putting Indy down. Like, oh, who'd she ever beat? (laughs) and then he was like a free tv oh my god she's great i love indy hartwell um and then later on they were watching footage from the battle royal a few weeks ago of indy hartwell actually saving candace LeRae a few times from being eliminated which i think was very good that like like a callback that was really good i liked that yeah i i totally agree with you and it's funny because when you watch the Battle Royal, you don't really notice something like that. I right. mean, you notice it once and you're like, all right, she's making the save. But you fail to realize how many times it actually t- takes place. Yeah. Uh, after that, we saw Austin Theory defeat newly signed Leon Ruff, uh, where Ruff gets some good showcase moves in. But you had to know Austin Theory was winning this match. Yeah. He cuts a promo afterwards about how his matches go uh, when he has time to actually warm up. And then he issues an open challenge of sorts, and Dexter Loomis answers that challenge. And we haven't seen Loomis in a little bit, I feel. Well, not wrestling, at least. We saw him last week with Cameron yeah. Grimes. Not Loomis defeats yeah. Austin Theory. I thought we were going to see Loomis get in there and absolutely destroy Austin Theory. Which it's, I feel like it should have been. I don't know why that didn't happen. 
Yeah. Dexter Loomis makes him tap, and immediately Cameron Grimes hits the cave in. And Grimes mm-hmm. was interviewed about the attack, and he's like, when I ask you a question, answer me. Don't yeah. just stare at me. Uh, then they aired a retrospective of Kyle O'Reilly and Finn Balor, and that's when they actually confirmed the broken jaw, but they moved on to Ridge Holland arriving earlier in the night, and he said he, he didn't he didn't answer why he attacked Adam Cole, but he's richer, as in somebody must have paid him to take out Adam Cole. Hmm. As in, do you think Roddy and Bobby? Oh, I didn't think of that aspect. No, I don't. You think? I don't know. Who else would make sense? That'd be interesting. The match that followed that, though, we saw Ridge Holland defeat Danny Burch, which I wish was a longer match. Um, because both of them are brawlers. Mm-hmm. It could have been a little bit more exciting. Um, but they brawled after the match. Oni runs out, makes the save, gets beat down, continues to brawl. Gets taken out again and then gets back up. It gets broken up. Birch was completely laid out. But Oni is out there. Oni dives out over the the top rope. Ridge Holland catches him Uh. weird. You hear an absolute horrific scream from, from Ridge. And it was confirmed that his he had a left ankle dislocation and a fracture. A right knee patella dislocation and a patel a patellar tendon rupture. Yeah, and that's... they they said that the knee dislocation was put back into place ringside, uh, and then the ankle dislocation was put back in the emergency room. I believe he had surgery. Yeah, he's he has to have surgery, especially with the patellar tendon. It, that's that sucks. I mean, it, it's. Especially for everything that's been building up with Ridge now, and I mean, hello, he's he gonna was be just, up for a... he was just after the main event at Takeover. Yeah, yeah, it's so unfortunate, and of course we wish him a speedy recovery. But we're not going to be seeing him for a while now. Yeah. Uh, after that, we saw Timothy Thatcher doing another training sem- segment on uh, striking first. Which I mean, who is he going to strike? Yeah. I mean, who does he have his eye on? I guess we'll find out. Next up, you had Shotzi Blackheart pick up the victory over Isaiah Lee. Um, I feel like this only happened to promote Halloween Havoc. Yeah, I I think the same thing. I mean, otherwise, the only thing to have Shotzi do is to, well, they, yeah. I mean, yeah, they had the thing afterwards. Boa showed up and handed Zaya an envelope and... There was a letter inside. They left together. We don't know what's happening with that. Yeah. But so, I'm happy to see something happening with it. Yeah, absolutely. And now, I'm Zia- looking forward to seeing more of Boa with Zia Lee. I don't know where that's going to lead to. I, I think that Zia Lee actually is very talented. So um, it, it's nice to see her actually being utilized on TV, but now in an actual storyline. Main event saw Ember Moon and Rhea Ripley defeat Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai. I like this match, uh, but again, I thought it was pretty obvious that Ember would win. 
Mm-hmm. But, yeah. it, but it was a good match. I don't know when the next takeover will be. I don't know when the women's championship will finally be like on the line. I don't know if Ember Moon's going to win the title. Mm-hmm. It should be uh, interesting to see whether or not she becomes the next women's champion there. Um, I don't know. I, it's tough to say, but I am happy to see Ember Moon back on NXT though, especially cause uh, everything with the main roster, just, I don't think it was really flying too well towards the end. So it's nice to see her back on NXT. Um, well, yeah, she was like left really doing nothing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, just All to right. touch on NXT UK real quick. Uh, Zaya Brookside and Danny Luna end up defeating and teaming for the first time, defeating Amel uh, and Nina Samuels. Samuels left during the match. Typical Nina Samuels fashion, probably. Uh, and I liked Zaya and Danny as a tag team. They've never teamed before. They they end up doing a double Brookside bomb to finish the match, which I thought was cool. Made me wishing I could see them versus uh, um, Sasha and Bailey. Mm-hmm. Don't think that's ever going to happen. After that, though, we saw Ilya Dragunov asking Sid Scala for a match with Alexander Wolf and Walter next week. And he asked, he's like, who will be your partner? And he goes, he will. And points to Pete Dunn and Dunn's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was funny. So that sets up a tag match for next week. We saw Saxon Huxley defeat Jack Stars, and I think you really need to watch Saxon Huxley. I think you'd really like him. Definitely think, like a Brody type. Yeah, I feel like I've I've seen stuff from him in the UK previously, like maybe a few years ago when we were still like promoting stuff on Twitter. Yeah. So it sounds familiar. In the Heritage Cup tournament, A Kid defeated Flash Morgan Webster to advance. Uh Flash afterwards was taken out backstage by someone wild boar and primate were there but there was no signs that it was them to take him out they just like alerted uh mark andrews and then nxt uk ends kaylee ray's state of the union address where she's now champion for over 400 days wow it leads to a brawl with all the women Nita Samuels, Zaya Brookside, Danny Luna, Isla Dawn was there, Piper Niven, um, Ginny was out there, and it was just this huge brawl to end it all. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's no set number one contender there yet, but I'm sure they're getting to it. Very interesting, very interesting. Well, that is NXT. That is all the UK talk. Now let's get on to some Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Nitro opens up with Randy Orton speaking about not winning the championship at Clash of Champions, and then he moves on to the attacks from last week. He brings up Hell in a Cell and uh, McIntyre shows up. McIntyre attacks Randy Orton and then later on he accepts Randy Orton's challenge. So I got to I got to say I'm not too angry by Randy Orton promos recently. Or uh, for the past few months. No, I, know. I think it's been back to the and I think it's been back to <laughs> First match we saw Mandy 
Rose, Dana Brooke, and Asuka defeating Zelina Vega, Lana, and Natalia. This match did not work for me at all. I thought it was slow. I thought it was a bit sloppy. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't think something with chemistry wise just wasn't connecting for this match well. Asuka gets tagged out, distracts Lana. Mandy hits the the need to win. Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler, the tag team champions, return and attack Lana and Natalia. Lana gets put through the table for a third time. That has to be Miro related. Has to be. I. Has I to just be. don't. I just hate the fact that we're doing this with Natty and Lana, because I really don't want to see them be viewed as the underdogs and win. I I don't think they're gonna win anytime soon. Lana has lost like twenty matches in a row. Not actually twenty, but <laughs> she's lost every single match in a row so far. That's true. Exactly. So she's an underdog. But it's not know? an underdog. She just keeps getting put through the damn table. Yeah. Mira went to AEW, and they're like, eh, we're going to put her through the table three times. The best, the best man. R-Truth uh, was ending. He was backstage doing a mock draft, and there was a custodian in the back mopping. <laughs> Truth ducks the mop, which hits the, the referee, and Truth ends up saying it was Randy Orton. Turns out to be Drew Gulak. R-Truth slips on the, the water on the mop bucket. Gulak ends up winning the 24-7 championship. Later on, him, R-Truth, and Tozawa brawled backstage into a garbage bin. And I, inside the bin, R-Truth wins it back. I love this entire segment, especially how you had Gulak. Um, yeah, Gulak being knocked into a trash can and then trash can falling over and Tozawa's inside of it. Yeah. It, it's just so comedic and hilarious. After this, we saw Seth Rollins attempt to cut a promo. But Buddy Murphy shows up, and he said that he wants Seth to apologize to Aaliyah. Rollins furiously yells at him, which led into their match where Buddy Murphy and Seth Rollins pick up the victory over Umberto Carrillo and Dominic. Um, is that accurate? Yeah. 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 And uh, so what did you think of this match? Huh. You had Seth know. Rollins so, like yelling at Buddy Murphy not to tag in or anything unless he tags out. Yeah. And I they, they continued to argue. I don't know how I feel about Murphy being defiant towards Rollins. But what about I, like the fact it was Murphy who got the victory after being yelled at not to do anything? I think I mean I I think it's Storyline wise, I think something's going to come up of that where Rollins told him specifically not to tag in, and that was his victory, not Murphy's victory to be taken. Um, so well, I feel like it's going to play into everything, yeah. And Seth Rollins yelled at Buddy Murphy backstage and said that Murphy has to um apologize to him by 10 o'clock. No, nah. later on, Buddy Murphy met up with Aaliyah to apologize again. And she questioned if he's still considering apologizing to Seth. So then we hit up into the Kevin Owens show with Bray Wyatt. Kevin Owens said that since SmackDown, he's felt different. Since his encounter with The Fiend, he's felt different. 
He's changing. He calls the fiend out, but the Firefly Funhouse starts. The characters were uh, talking about being separated by the draft, which I thought was funny. But then Bray and the puppets sing a song, which I thought was awful. Um, And Kevin Owens called him out. He's like, I don't want to wait till SmackDown. And Bray warns him. Kevin Owens goes to go after Bray Wyatt to the Firefly Funhouse, but Aleister Black takes him out from behind. Which I thought was really cool because I didn't expect that part. Yeah, me too. I didn't expect that. Do you think that Kevin Owens can align with The Fiend and then they become a tag team? Um, And go after the tag team championship? I mean, they both have TV shows. They could be called The Network. I don't think so. But do you earlier, think, do you think that they could team or no? I don't. Okay. Earlier in the night, though, we saw Braun Strowman backstage with Adam Pierce, and he's like, "I know Raw Underground's not happening tonight, but I want a match." And Pierce is like, "Since you're not a Raw superstar, I can only give you a non-sanctioned exhibition match." And then Keith Lee is like, "Sign me up." And that match ends in a double uh, uh, countout. But this was a hard-hitting match, and I really think it was a cool... I feel like they're building up Keith Lee really, really well right now. Well, yeah. I mean, he bodied Keith Lee through the barricade, and Keith Lee got up, and they continued to brawl. Yeah, Keith Lee tossed him into the LED stage and then bodied him off the the stage. Yeah, totally took out Braun. Um, The one thing I question is Braun getting up before Keith Lee, like moving before Keith Lee after that spot. But I think that it was a cool spot to get get him over. We saw another Bianca Belair vignette um, about her being smart. I I didn't quite like this uh, vignette as I much as as you. much as I have liked the other ones. But she yeah, released was... footage. I'm not even going to talk about the vignette. She released footage of her actually running track in college, mm-hmm. and I was absolutely blown away. She smoked everyone. Like, she knocks over one of the hurdles, but she literally completely is, like, meters. Mm-hmm. Meters ahead of everyone else. It's absolutely insane. And I thought that was that was really cool, and I'm happy she tweeted that out. I was happy that I got to see her compete like that. That was really cool. Yeah. Earlier in the night, we saw Mustafa Ali... Ricochet and Apollo Crews get cut off by MVP, um, who said he's got room for one more person in the Hurt Business. They brushed it off, but it looked like Ricochet might have been like considering it. Yeah, teasing Ricochet going over a little. Then later on in the night, MVP cuts a promo on Retribution. Mustafa Ali, Ricochet, and Apollo Crews came up, came out, and uh, and. They mentioned how MVP is always the one that makes excuses because of last week, that retribution stuff cost MVP his match. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Ricochet basically said, no, I'm not, I'm not joining retribution for now. 
Hurt Business pick up the victory over, uh, I'm sorry, not Retribution, the Hurt Business. Yeah, yeah, Hurt Business. (laughs) The Hurt Business picked up a victory over Ricochet, Apollo Crews, which to me, not much happened in this. Crews fell to the Master Lock. Yeah. Backstage, not too much happened. Backstage, Mustafa Ali met up with the Hurt Business just to give them a warning. We cut to Seth Rollins waiting for Buddy Murphy's 10 p.m. decision, which I liked this segment a lot. Seth Rollins like was brutal here. He grabbed Buddy Murphy by the beard and yelled at him. And then Murphy snaps and attacks Seth Rollins. He gets a kendo stick. He goes to use it on Seth Rollins. He's like, apologize, apologize to Aaliyah. And Seth apologizes to her. And then Buddy Murphy makes the mistake and accepts what seems like he accepts Seth Rollins' apology. But Seth went after Buddy's eyes. He attacked him with the kendo stick. It was an absolute setup there. Mm -hmm. Aaliyah came out before Seth could use the chair on Buddy Murphy. Dominic, Ray, and Angie also came out, and Seth fled. So, yeah. I like the segment. I like the storyline. I know a lot of people are growing tired of it. I do need to see a little bit more. But after that, we saw Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax defeat the Riot Squad to retain the Tag Team Championships. Um, Shayna Baszler worked the hell out of Ruby's arm which I I thought it should have been over way quicker than that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I agree, especially because it's Nia Jax and Baszler. Nobody should be able to hold hold anything to them. Yeah, Uh, and then what I thought could have been the main event um, because of what followed, we saw MVP defeat Mustafa Ali. We had MVP... um, Lashley and Shelton Benjamin got in the ring during the match. The lights flickered. Retribution shows up. And MVP's like, are you with us? Are you with us? And it seems like Mustafa Ali agrees. He goes out of the ring, gets into Retribution's faces, turns around and faces the Hurt Business and sick him. Sicks him. He Which sends- at first... At first, it was like, okay, he's about to get brutally beaten up right now. Yeah, and I thought I thought Heart Business was going to just like walk away and let him get beat down. Mm-hmm. They go after the Heart Business, and then it's it seems like Mustafa Ali is the leader of Retribution. To where Wild. maybe the SmackDown hacker thing is finally paying off. Maybe it's not anything to do with the SmackDown hacker thing, but... It seems like that might be some sort of payoff here. I hope so. You know, I really hope that they're going back to that entire uh, hacker gimmick. Well, I don't know about gimmick, but the tease, because that was a dropped thing that all of us were really intrigued with. Uh, From showing from SmackDown to Raw, we thought we were talking out if it was a female, if it was a male. So if it goes back to that, I'm going to be really loving that. And it also seems like Mercedes Martinez might not be in retribution anymore. 
Yeah, uh, and all based off of Twitter, though, right? All based off of the tweet. Well, and With, also um, like Mustafa Ali not tagging. Right. Her. Yeah. Um, Main event though, we saw Randy Orton, Dolph Ziggler, Robert Roode defeat the Street Profits and the WWE Champion Drew McIntyre. Street Profits are so good. I think the only thing you really need to say about this is that Angelo Dawkins in 2020 reversed the RKO. That's true. McIntyre hits Robert Roode with the Claymore. Randy Orton hits the RKO. And that's takes it. up the victory. Yeah, Randy Orton getting the last laugh. Yeah. And an RKO. But yes, I agree the Street Profits are so good. Yeah. Moving to SmackDown, it opens up with Stephanie to reside over the draft. Um, the first round, Drew McIntyre, WWE Champions, pick number one. Stays on Monday Night Raw. Pick number two, the Universal Champion, Roman Reigns, stays on SmackDown. The Raw Women's Champion, Asuka, is, is next. She stays on Monday Night Raw. Seth Rollins goes to SmackDown. And the Hurt Business stay on Monday Night Raw. Um, Which I like. I'm okay, I'm okay with that. And then Seth Rollins was interviewed afterwards, and he's like, like fantastic. I don't have to see the Mysterios anymore. If that wasn't yeah. foreshadowing, like, hello, come <laughs> on. After that, we saw Big E defeat Sheamus in a Falls Count Anywhere match. Um, they used kendo sticks a lot during this, which I wish was like another weapon because we've seen it used so much recently. Mm-hmm. And then there was a random spot backstage. They had raw eggs and flour just sitting on a table for some reason. But why? I I, I don't know. Maybe it's like, because, I mean, those are two ingredients in pancake batter. Ah. But that's like the only sense I can make. I, 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 I didn't see a griddle or anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was yeah. kind of confusing. But this, I thought this was a good match. They, they led to the parking lot where this feud basically begins. Sheamus hits the white noise through a windshield. He ends up bro kicking a, a trunk right off the car. But Big E ultimately gets the big ending off of a car through a table and picks up the victory there. It was a fun match. Yeah, and then afterwards, all three members of New Day reunited. Kofi Kingston returned. Xavier Woods, who's been doing Talking Smack, um, returned. And yeah. they were like, we're here for the titles. We're missing, was, our, we're yeah, missing we our tag team championships. We want them back. Yeah, last time we saw Kofi, he was being put through a table by Nakamura and uh, Cesaro. And Woods, we haven't seen since his Achilles tendon rupture. Yeah. So, awesome um, seeing both of them back, especially Woods coming back from an injury. And then it was announced that they were going to have a uh, tag team title shot. Mm-hmm. We saw Jay Uso call Roman Reigns out to hear what the Hell in a Cell stipulation was, which gets cut off by Paul Heyman just to be like, well, it's, it's not on your time, it's on our time. And then Roman Reigns eventually announces that for the first time ever, Inside of a Hell in a Cell, it will be an I Quit match. Which I think is is interesting. I'm, I'm looking forward to that way more than I'm looking forward to Randy Orton versus Drew McIntyre. I agree with you. I agree. I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think that Roman Reigns is going to really put the pain in there. And I think it's going to be uh, entertaining. 
Round two of the draft, we have AJ Styles getting away from Paul Heyman going to Monday Night Raw. We got Sasha Banks officially on SmackDown now. Naomi is going to Monday Night Raw. Bianca Belair, before she even gets to do much on Monday Night Raw, those return vignettes, she comes to SmackDown now. Uh, and then Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax are confirmed to stay on Monday Night Raw. I thought it was I funny. About that. I didn't think about that AJ Styles stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I thought it was funny Nia Jax tweeted out saying, I kind of hoped that Shayna Baszler was going to SmackDown. <laughs> Which nah. you know, I feel like maybe they kind of need that on SmackDown too. What? I feel like they kind of need Nia Jax and, and Shayna Baszler on SmackDown. Hmm. And they're could... like, and, and literally, they could have been split. And they it wouldn't matter because they're the tag team champions. That's true. Because they said it that splitting the teams would be up to the discretion of Fox or USA Network if they wanted just one specific wrestler. But even if they were split, they wouldn't officially split until they lost the titles. Mm-hmm. Because the, the, the tag team championships are, are on all brands. That's true. Yeah. After that, we saw Matt, not Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy and, <laughs> and Matt Riddle defeat The Miz and John Morrison. I feel like not much happened. It was a weird setup to a match. It happened over a tweet of Matt yeah. Riddle saying, oh, bro, I wish I could tag with Jeff Hardy. So it's good on him for getting to tag with a hero of his. Um, but the, the main story afterwards, Lars Sullivan returns. I'm, we have not seen him in over a year. Yeah. Destroys totally Jeff new, Hardy. Destroys totally Matt new, Riddle. New look, too. Beard. Nah, I wouldn't say a new look. What do you mean? He's, he had a, he's always had a beard. No. Yeah. He was clean shaven. No, he was not. Wasn't as grizzled as he was today. He just had the mustache portion. Lars Sullivan always had that, the underhook. He always, and it was like even longer before. And he had hair now. He had a little little gray ah, hair stubble yeah, growing out. Yeah. Looked kind of like smart Mark Sterling. But uh, he he destroys the Miz as well. Um, and then he's it was announced that he's going to be added to the Raw draft pool on Monday. It's funny. I keep up forgetting that he's not as tall as he seems. Yeah. Lars Sullivan. He's only six foot three. But because of his like his physique, he seems like he's somebody that's like seven foot eight. Huh. Okay, maybe maybe not seven foot eight, but six foot eight. <laughs> After that, we get round three of the draft. Staying on Monday Night Raw is Ricochet. Staying on SmackDown, Jey Uso. Um, Mandy Rose announced to be staying on Raw, but Dominic and Rey Mysterio drafted to SmackDown. For that moment in time, Rey Mysterio and Kalisto are on the same brand. Uh. <laughs> you know, by the time this, like, by the time people listen to this, there's a supplemental draft taking place uh, on Talking Smack. Yeah, that's yeah. My fingers are super crossed that Lucha House Party and and Rey Mysterio stay on the same damn brand. It's been um. years in the making, years. Can we not talk about that again? Because I don't want to jinx it. <laughs> also, uh, going to Monday Night Raw, you have The Miz and John Morrison. 
I thought when they said the Miz, I was like, well, but what about John Morrison or or vice versa? I forget which one they announced first. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But they're both going to Monday Night Raw. After that, for the SmackDown Women's Championship, Sasha Banks defeated Bailey via disqualification because Bailey used the chair. Bailey, a combined days has been over uh, has been champion over five hundred days, three hundred sixty six ish, I believe, for this reign. Incredible. Sasha Banks, after the match, went to jump on uh, Bailey's neck, uh, which had a chair wrapped around it. Gets Bailey, some revenge. Yeah, Bailey gets away, and later on, Sasha Banks challenges Bailey to a Hell in a Cell match. Uh, I don't know. I'm like, okay, so Bailey has not been drafted yet, which is, I think is just absolute garbage. How do you not draft Actually, a champion? Yeah. yeah, she's a champion. She should be it. A- should be drafted in the first round, just like Oscar. The longest reigning champion on SmackDown. Um, but they'll have a match at Hell in a Cell. I don't know how it'll continue after that. I really hope it's not Bailey going to Raw. I don't know how that'll happen. Like, because if Bailey does get drafted to Monday Night Raw, then Oscar is still there as champion as well. So I don't know if that leads to like a unification match where Bailey hopefully then defeats Asuka or something. I don't know how I want to like see that play out. I feel like Bailey is SmackDown. It's best to have Bailey just stay on SmackDown. Yeah. Um next up we saw New Day defeat Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura to become the new SmackDown tag team champions. And then Round four of the damn draft. <laughs> Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods get drafted to Monday Night Raw. Big E and stays on SmackDown. Yeah, Stephanie McMahon, back-to-back drafts. Can you, like, that means the USA Network went out of their way to split New Day up. <laughs> yeah. You want me to tune into your damn yeah. shows and you split New Day up? The one thing about this is you texted me about it and nothing happened of it, but it really seemed like this was the moment where Big E was about to turn on New Day. Um, and especially after that draft pick, it could have easily been uh, used as like a form of ag- ag- aggression towards this draft and everything. Also, like, free bird rule. Is Big E not a SmackDown Tag Team Champion or... <laughs> But Dana Brooke stays on Monday Night Raw. I, don't, I still don't understand why her and Mandy had to go two weeks or whatever so prior. That made no sense. Mm-hmm. And then, God damn it, Otis stays on SmackDown. Mandy's Hard over on play. Monday Night Raw. Where the hell's Tucker? Yeah, I. so I guess they're not a tag team anymore. No more heavy, heavy machinery. Angel Garza stays on Monday Night Raw. It's just like, I don't understand. Like, you have, if you had an opportunity to to draft a tag team, why would you not draft a tag team? Monday Night well, Raw drafted four people in one draft pick in the heart business. Why would you not want the most of your rosters? Well, the thing I don't get is, like, why are you going to separate heavy machinery? I Yeah, I don't know. 
but it led into a segment with them where they were discussing the lawsuit that was uh, supposed to be having court later that night on SmackDown. Yeah, but practicing. They get a notice from Mrs. Lawyer saying that they're uh, delaying court. I don't know what's going to come of that. Uh, and then we saw before Kevin Owens' match, we saw the uh, Alexa Bliss show up with him and say, let him in. Trying to convince Kevin Owens to to turn a, a new, a dark side or whatever. It would be really cool to see this dark side of Kevin Owens, though. Maybe build a new Wyatt family stable? Maybe. But it'll be all on Monday Night Raw instead of SmackDown? I feel like this, if we saw Kevin Owens in that kind of a manner, it's going to be very similar to like a Ring of Honor kind of a Kevin. I'm looking forward to it. Well, The Fiend picks up a victory over Kevin Owens. Uh, in I, I like this match, by the way. It wasn't like a typical Fiend match, I feel. Mm-hmm. Kevin Owens, I, I liked when he had the, the mandible claw locked on. In, in like well the fiend had the the mandible claw locked in yeah and uh kevin owens still hit a stunner but the fiend held the claw hold on to him the one the one downside which i don't think is a downside i think that it was fine was the pop-up powerbomb spot through the table where it didn't break the table the first go around well, that's not, I mean, that's not their fault, but... Exactly, I don't think that's Kevin not Owens their fault. Kevin or... Owens still wanted to put him through the table, so... Yeah. To me, like, um, yes, it's like a repeated spot, but it still works in that manner to me. Yeah. Because it I, doesn't, I... because it, it comes off more brutal rather than, like, if they were going to do, like, a, a Hurricane Rana spot or something, and somehow they, they missed it, and then they go and, and clearly repeat the same spot. Mm-hmm. It's different because the impact is just, like, not the same. This is a table. This is a weapon. Yeah. And I, I love uh, The Fiend in this match. I like that he was taking hits from Kevin Owens. I like this the the sidekicks or super kicks that he was taking, and he was not going down at all. Um, I love the aspect of The Fiend in matches where it's like just he has – they're pretty much telling us that he has superpowers in the matches. Um, yeah, I'm just a huge, I'm a huge mark for his matches. First match on SmackDown, maybe the last match on SmackDown. I hope not. Well, I think he's probably going to Monday Night Raw. Why? I mean, all signs point to that. Kevin Owens is on Monday Night Raw. True. Maybe he'll get drafted well, to SmackDown. Not? Alexa Bliss, I could see her going back to Monday Night Raw as well. Well, that's the thing. Why not Kevin Owens to SmackDown? I don't know. I feel like if Bliss and Fiend are on SmackDown, then... Because then Alexa Bliss could go... Because Alexa Bliss and Bailey has happened multiple times. Mm-hmm. Alexa Bliss, under the spell of the Fiend, can defeat Asuka to become champion. Mm-hmm. Whether or not that happens, who knows? I don't know. I'm I'm keeping the Fiend and Alexa Bliss on SmackDown, and I'm, I'm taking Kevin Owens over to SmackDown. Well, the lights go out after the match, and when they come back on, Alexa Bliss was face-to-face with The Fiend on the stage to end the show. Our Twitter timeline blew up. They should kiss. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, The only thing I was thinking at that moment was, I hope they don't kiss. And the other thing I was thinking was, wow, 
Bray Wyatt has to be so out of breath <laughs> from going through the entire match. And then within like a small, short period of time, having to sprint from the ring back up to the stage to get into like position to look at Alexa Bliss. Yeah. Um, so that SmackDown supplemental draft happens on, on Talking Smack. As of right now, free agents, we have Lucha House Party, Shorty G, Mickey James, Tucker, Buddy Murphy, Umberto Carrillo, and Drew Gulak. Are you disappointed at all that NXT is not involved in this? Um, I am somewhat. Now, why somewhat? Like, I feel like... I feel like NXT should be included in the draft, especially because they were included in the Survivor Series, and we keep on saying that NXT is not the minor leagues anymore. You I know, think like, it's I the, think it's though, roster. but like it's like I know it's tradition for Raw versus SmackDown, but but I think it's easier to keep the NXT roster the way it is because if like and we we have seen NXT, I believe, in the past. That's how we got other call-ups, I think. Yeah, Carmella and then. Yeah, so it's not like unheard of, but like now I feel like there it's such a tight um roster. I, I I don't know who from NXT would benefit from going to Raw or SmackDown. Well, on the same terms, NXT would have draft picks as well, so it would just be a swap. Right. You know, they wouldn't be losing And they also, anyone. it's also, they kind of make it USA versus Fox. So I don't know how many people can you really take from SmackDown. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. Hmm. But that's all the, the sports entertainment talk. We're going to kick it to an ad real quick. And we'll be right back here on Marking Out. Support for Marketing Out is brought to you by Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Look, I mean, I've done it. Dave's done it. Brandon's never done it. You're down there. You you shave it up, making sure everything looks clean and fresh, and you get a nick. Get a little cutsky there, and it stinks. It's no, it, it's no fun whatsoever. So that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. So essentially, it's the ball hair trimmer equivalent of Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania 25. And they just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to the advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. Because we all know that Brandon's gonna need it. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. So that way, you don't make a mess all over your bathroom. The one coolest feature is the LED light which illuminates grooming areas for a closer, more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7000 RPM motor with quiet shrug technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. So that way, I can charge my more 3.0, my camera batteries, and my phone all on the same shelf. Huzzah! If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours 
and get 20% off and free shipping with the code REGARDLESS. That's one for this uh, read at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code REGARDLESS. That's two for this read at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code REGARDLESS. That's three for this read. And folks, if you want your boomer sooner to be fruity, delicious, fruity, fruity, delicious, fruity, delicious, well, then use the code REGARDLESS to get 20% off and free shipping. That's now four for this read. Don't forget to sauce it. Back on Marking Out, episode 505, Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Uh, Manscaped, still aboard. Use the coupon code REGARDLESS. Save 20% and free shipping. That's big. Especially if you get, like, you know, that first gimmick box that they sent to us so nicely. You know, that's probably a good 10 bucks in shipping right there, plus the... 20% off, it's huge. So use the coupon code regardless. Um, I used my Manscaper this morning. Feel good, feeling fresh, ready to go. Um, and I was having a conversation this week because a friend of the show, Dan, is uh, on Long Island for the week. So we uh, hung out in the backyard. And somebody that may be very, very associated with the show but doesn't want us to t- talk about him using this <laughs> may have had a conversation about you know us and our partnership with Manscaped. And, you know, may have been putting it over to the tilt. A certain, a certain individual, as, you know, certain people like to say on the internet, uh, may have uh, been putting this thing over. So, yeah, manscaped.com. I love my foot spray. Um, let's go on. Manscaped. Use the coupon code regardless. Save 20% off and free shipping. As you can hear, Chris here. Follow me on Twitter at Chris Dog. Brandon, what's the haps? What's going on today? Not much still. Just, uh, just hanging out <laughs> not much but cool. uh yeah how yeah. was your week um everybody in my house got sick but me everybody oh. everybody i said it last week on the show um everybody swabbed negative for covid so you know it's just it was like a th- two-day virus that just kind of ripped through this house and i was the only one that was saved so it's just been you know sick people in my house um, and, um, my father's business had their grand opening this week. So, you know, free, uh, free work, you know, asked, uh, his great son, who's a, you know, a decent photographer and a great videographer to come and, uh, cover the <laughs> event. So I did that and they ordered from, they catered in from this place called Organic Crush. Um, I know there's a bunch all over the, uh, all over the United States because my brother-in-law is one of the chefs down in the Richmond, Virginia area. And it was outstanding. And they did it very COVID friendly, like each wrap, like they, they ordered wraps and juices and stuff like that. Each one was individually wrapped in its own thing. So people were touching things all over the place, um, which was awesome. I had this Mexican steak wrap and then they had like fresh juices too, which is great, especially for a healthcare business. It's uh, you know, good side by side marketing. I had this great, it's like ginger, grapefruit, lemon, um, carrot, which is really tasty. Um, and other than that, that's it. That's all I did this week because everyone's been sick. Um, everyone is finally back at school. My daughter's back at school today. Um, and uh, ready, getting ready for uh, a big game five. Big game, game five of, of the uh, American, <laughs> American League Divisional Series tonight. <laughs> so by the time you are listening to this, I am probably either more sad than I was last week when the Cubs lost or I'm um, kind of happy. Because I just like the Yankees are 
my team. You know, I grew up watching them. You know, I wasn't always a Cubs fan. I met my wife at a baseball game, at a Yankees game. What? Her, yeah, I, I met Rachel at a Yankee game. You didn't know this? What? No. <laughs> yeah. So our mutual friends, and I've spoken about it on the show, Jen, she was dating one of my close friends at the time. And she texted me. and was like, hey, listen, I have two extra tickets to this Yankees-Tigers game. You know, um, Andrew wants to see if you want to come. I said, yeah, sure, no problem. He's like, and my friend Rachel's coming. You may like her. So, huh. yeah. And then we uh, kicked it off from there. And then she saw me uh, dressed up like Ric Flair. And she just fell for me immediately. <laughs> um, but, yeah. So, I mean. Yo, you should do one of those posts. It's going on the uh, the Twitter. Everybody's doing it. What? <laughs> how it started versus how it's going. Uh, it would be her choking me. And oh, d- d- no, I'm, ki- I'm kidding. No. In which picture? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I mean, that's been that. I saw a certain individual that might be – Dave came to my house this week with Dan, um, and we ate delicious pizza. We got a pepperoni and peppers on a pizza. Have you ever done that before? I don't eat pepperoni, so no, but I've had peppers, yeah. Oh, my God. Chef's kiss. It was delicious. Uh, We housed the pizza. We housed some scotch. We housed some beers. Um, and then we made Dan watch a little bit of AEW because we were still hanging out and the Yankees were getting so blown out. I'm like, I can't watch this. Mm. Yeah. We'll talk about AEW in a little bit. I am very, very satisfied right now because I went to My Hero and Merrick and got a chicken club hero with bacon and the works, which is like lettuce, onions, tomato, oregano, all the stuff on it, and oil and vinegar. And it was the hands down best sandwich I've ever had in my life. Um, is, that the, is that the Cardona? Uh, I don't know because the the normal chicken club goes with mayo, so I don't know if he takes the mayo off. Me, I don't, I can't stand mayo. I think mayo is disgusting. So I, I was did like, not know that. Wow, you're just not a good friend. <laughs> Where am I learning <laughs> these facts from? We're gonna have to start a, a new uh, video segment on marking out things you don't know about Chris. Hey, don't yeah, you think I- it's like. We could we could do a a best acquaintances series. Yeah, right. No, <laughs> no hugging, of course. No, br- no, your bro, right? Like that thing. Does Chris like mayo? No, I'm. You're a stallion, bro. <laughs> stallion um, Chris. Yes, but I'm here for the professional wrestling portion of the podcast. Let's start off with Victory Road and Impact Plus Special, as they're calling it, because they're not calling it a pay per view. Which, which at the, the, the last minute, crunch time, it finally decided to work on my computer, so I was able to watch all of it. So Yeah, I mean, was... I'm I'm digging Impact Plus. Impact Plus was the weirdest thing. After I watched Victory Road, man, I went through it. All their hidden gems are matches with WWE guys, uh, AEW guys, and New Japan guys, and it's like... Okay, we get it. It's not really that that much of a hidden gem as much as you're advertising it to draw people in to buy your your AEW, not AEW, your Impact Plus app, which I understand completely. Well, I got mine through the Fight app. Um, I like that Alpha One, which is Ethan Page's promotion. They had a bunch of stuff from there uh, from them on there. So I watched uh, a three uh, three way match. It was Warhorse, Danhausen, and somebody else. I forget because I was tired. Uh, but There's to... some super bizarre stuff on there. There's a Bret Hart documentary about his return to WWE on the, on the Impact app, and it, I have no idea why. It's super weird. Like, there's WWE footage 
uh, audio-wise of him returning to WWE. How much stars? I don't understand why. And then there's, like, super old-school... Um, I don't know. It's not Mid-South, but it's, like, some... I think it's, like, a Southern promotion, but, like, it has, like, Brody and all them, which is still, like... I don't know where they got this library from at all, but... There is some interesting stuff on that app, and I would definitely say it's free to sign up right now, so just uh, you get a free month. Yeah, absolutely. Why not? Pre-show match, well, Twitter, this is on exclusively on Twitter, I believe. Rascals picked up the victory over at Triple XL, AC Romero, and Larry D. Um, no, I this only... was on the, the fight, the, the app. It was on the app? Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it wasn't on... Oh, well, it was. It's being billed as a uh, Yeah, it, it was. Right? Yeah, they did say that, that it was a, a kickoff, so yeah. Yeah, but uh, you kick the show off with Brian Myers picking up the victory over Tommy Dreamer. Great match. How good is Brian Myers? And you're kind of finally starting to kind of see him flourish, you know, which he didn't do up in New York, as they like this, as everyone's saying these days. Yeah, and that's yes, a hundred percent. We like I we have said Brian is one of the best for for years now. And I think to like him and Matt also like two of the best sellers, two of the best workers. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, later in the night, it said they, you know, post match, they set up another match for impact, which we'll talk about later in the match. Yeah, it uh, was weird. Like, cause they, they kind of, it kind of seemed like they were setting up for like a, uh, an extreme match of sorts, but that didn't happen. And I assume that'll happen at, at bound for glory. Yeah. Um, but next up, you have Willie Mack defeating Rohit Raju for the Exhibition Championship via countout. So Ro- Rohit Raju is still the Exhibition Champion. What can we say about Willie Mack? Yeah, always fantastic. Although I was disappointed because I was hoping that it would be somebody new because yeah. we just saw Willie Mack as champion. I was hoping this was going to be like I, I was. We said it last week, or I said it last week. Suicide under a hood. Yeah. Boom, TJP or somebody else. But uh, I'm I'm fine at least uh, Rohit won being cheap. Yeah, being cheap and getting the wins. Uh, Tennille Dashwood next up picks up the best. I guess you could kind of say it's a best of three series. Picks up the deciding second victory in this uh, section of matches and defeated Jordan Grace. I think this was maybe one of the better matches out of the three that they yeah, had. Yeah, no, it was definitely the best of the three and it definitely needed a gimmick stipulation. Yeah, you think so? Yeah, and it what doesn't make sense, Caleb distracts the referee while while Tennille taps, but then she hits the spotlight kick to win, and that's the end of their feud. There was a distraction in that. And then she just takes a bunch of selfies in the ring afterwards. After that, we saw Heath and Rhino in an unsanctioned match defeat Reno Scum, uh, to which Scott Demore told him uh, to, to meet him on Tuesday, and they'll talk about a contract, so... It's nice to see Heath and Rhino teaming up again. Yeah, for sure. The first uh, new generation uh, SmackDown Tag Team Champions, I believe. Yeah. Uh, Trey picks up the victory over Moose in this one. Um, I like this. Well, it was kind of the interference from the you know, the EC3 uh, gimmicks on the, the screen. By the way, while this is, you know, the day after this happens, EC3 gets uh, announced uh, on Ring of Honor programming to be uh part of Impa- uh, ring of honor so that's pretty awesome yeah he, he he's really he said he's like i have no home and this is kind of showing it so maybe you have ec3 working impact until bound for glory when they have this big blow-off match between him and moose and then he starts working ring of honor and then maybe go somewhere else 
a real true journeyman. Yeah, and then Moose went to uh, the production truck to go after EC3, but uh, EC3 took him out. Yeah, EC3 took him out and announced that there was going to be the funeral of the TNA World Championship on Tuesday on Impact. Yeah. Next, next up in a four corners match, I predicted yeah. this one right. Could not have seen that one coming. Josh Alexander. Well, I, I said it too because since they lost the tag titles, they've got nothing. So this gives them a little bit of rub saying, hey, guess what? We were the longest rating impact take. Josh Alexander picks up the win over Alex Shelley, Ace Austin, and Carl Anderson. Um, it kind of shows he's like, hey, we're the longest tag champions. We're still here. You know, don't forget about us. You know, kind when of we, don't, don't sleep on us. When we spoke about this match last week, I was shocked to even know that it was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> and then the match starts, and I was even more surprised. It wasn't a typical Fatal 4-Way. It, uh, it was two people in the ring at, at a time. That was it. Yeah. Carl Anderson getting his own music. Yeah. Um, but after, I mean, the, the match itself, you had all the tag team members get involved at one point, and the, the North come up with that victory. Yeah, good. Good. Matchup next we saw for the Impact Knockouts Championship, Deanna Perazzo successfully retaining the title against Susie. Susie. Uh, post-match, though, you see Deanna Perazzo and Kimberly taking out Susie with the steel chair, allegedly breaking her arm. Yeah. So, making this feud between Kylie Ray and Deanna Perazzo personal. You know, kind of giving it more of a blood feud, but also for the Impact Knockouts Championship going into uh, Bound for Glory. Yeah. Cool. Main event, <laughs> we saw Eric Young defeat Eddie Edwards to retain the Impact Wrestling Championship. It was a good match, but I would not have minded if it was shorter. Yeah. Eric Young went to use a chair on Eddie Edwards after, and uh, Rich Swan made the save. Yeah, so all in all, nice little uh, special on Impact Plus that, you know, people got to uh, get a taste of Impact Wrestling. Um, which would then you refer, led, oh, like, would you call this a pay-per-view, though? No. Probably, right? No. I mean, we had to kind of pay to to view it. Nope. I didn't have to pay anything. Well, I mean, we had a free trial pay. Yeah, but, you know, right after uh, Bound for Glory, I'll just cancel it. That's it. I already canceled mine. Oh, why? You could cancel it. You still get it till till November. Ah, there we go. Smart yeah. brain there. So, uh, <laughs> don't have to tie a, a string around my finger to remember anything. Yeah, Christ. Uh, then we go. Let's go to Impact on Tuesday. Who attacked Eddie Edwards? Who was it? You start off with Tommy Dreamer defeating Brian Myers by disqualification because the kendo stick gets into play. Tommy Dreamer took a wicked Singapore cage shot to the head. After, you know, Brian baited him and said, yeah. please, I'm sorry, forgive you, think about my kids. Think you know, of my kids. <laughs> think of my girls. Yeah. And again. I mean, he even, Tommy, but Tommy used the kendo, didn't he? He, he hit the white Russian leg sweep. Yeah, but it's not the, technically that's not using it. Uh, uh, a little bit. Uh, anyway, yeah, again, we talk about this kind of transformation of Brian Myers. You saw it here too when he's stomping on him. He's like, I want the innovator of violence. Boom! Screaming at him again. Bah! Loud noises. But like really getting into it. It was, I, I, and I texted you. I'm like, man, he is just so good. Yeah, and Scott came out to stop it and it has to be leading to Bound for Glory. It is. It has to be an old school match. 
This, you know, Bri- this match, by the way, what? this match had no commentary. Yes, if you for, watch it back. Which was like an audio error. Yeah, if you watch it back on Impact Plus, all the audio commentary is there because that's what I did yesterday. Yeah, so it was like, as much as I've said, like, I wish I could mute commentary, it was absolutely deafening. <laughs> it was like, it needed commentary big time. To It was just like so weird to watch that without commentary. Yeah. After but this- after that match, we saw Johnny Bravo uh, talking about how his wedding budget is now over the budget. And he tried to get the wedding party to chip in and pay for it. That's and silly. And Fala ends up saying, as the best man, he'll find money. And later on, he sought out uh, Homicide. And when Homicide wasn't where he, like, was... Uh, Fala stole the wad of cash. There we go. So that wad of cash is getting tossed around the locker room. Yeah. Uh, left and right. But after that, we saw Rohi Raju issue another open challenge for the X Division Championship. Willie Mack came out and Rohit said, nope, you already had your chance. It cannot be you. And Jordan Grace accepts it. So she's seems like officially done with Tennille. Tennille was not even on this episode. Tennille won. I don't know why she wouldn't have been in, like, a position to be on the show this week. Okay. But Jordan Grace ends up picking up the victory over Rohit Raju in, like, a quick, quick roll-up to at first win the X Division Championship, but then, which started over a a tug-of-war with Willie Mack with the title. Uh, But Rohit informed the referee that it wasn't for the championship, so he was able to retain in that way. But after that, Scott D'Amour spoke to Rohit Raju and announced a six-way scramble match at Bound for Glory with TJP, Willie Mack, Jordan Grace, Chris Bay, Trey Miguel, and uh, Rohit for the championship. I still think this should have been an ultimate X match. I 100% agree with you. Yeah. I don't understand why that's not happening. Uh, Maybe there's no place to hang the X. I don't know. Maybe they don't have scaffolding. I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe it's just a tight fit in uh, that sound studio. Yeah. Uh, Match after that though, we saw the rascals defeat triple XL in a rematch from, uh, from the pay-per-view. Yeah, I always like how the Rascals come out and they like really get into their music, and they like do like no, but they do like the dancing, you know, to the, the downbeats in the song, not the not the bong rips, but yeah, they're fun. The Rascals are fun. I like them. But AC AC Romero accidentally clotheslined Larry D. That was where the match fell apart for them. Uh, it's weird because they tried to paint XXL XXXL. Triple XL. Triple XL, geez. <laughs> as like bad guys, but I didn't like, I didn't necessarily see them as bad guys. And that was like one of those things that I said last week. Like it felt like I hadn't watched Impact in weeks. Yeah. But after that, we saw Jimmy Jacobs and Rich Swan in a rehab center. And the doctor uh, said that Rich Swan is at 100%. And then Dr. Austin. Uh, Eric Young attacked Eddie, not Eddie Kingston, Rich Swan, jeez, uh, and attacked him, and he doesn't want him at 100%. Yeah, does not want that him was, at 100%. It was my attempt at a uh, Mr. Sacco, uh, the bedpan everything when Vince was in the hospital. 
And yeah. Didn't work out. Yeah, failed miserably. <laughs> That's why I said Dr. Austin, and then and I ended up saying Eddie Edwards. <laughs> but, After that, though, we saw the Motor City Machine Guns being interviewed, which was cut off by the Good Brothers. Uh, Gallo's kind of like... It was weird, because... Not that Motor City Machine Guns were asking for it, but Gallows was offering up, like, nothing will happen to you guys. Because they want them at 100% for Bound for Glory. Yeah, true. Yes, they do. Yeah, they do. After this, we saw Rosemary and Taya Valkyrie teaming up to take on and defeat Kiera Hogan and Tasha Steeles. Rosemary has a crazy entrance. entrance. Mm-hmm. Especially with like all the blue lights in front of her too, and then you just kind of see a weird face, and then it goes to her normal, you know, self. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought this match just went on a little too long, and uh, they had Havoc and and Nevaeh watching backstage. Yeah, so maybe they'll set up a Rosemary Ty Valkyrie versus uh, Nevaeh and Havoc uh, tag team match for Bound for Glory. That's yeah, certainly possible. Yeah. I have the Deaners pick up a victory over Crazy Steve and Johnny Swinger. Yeah. Uh, Cody offered Steve a beer and uh, Swinger was like, what are you doing? What are you doing? He goes to use Crazy Steve's monkey. But uh, Swinger ends up uh, getting DDT'd. Yeah. And loses the match. Yep. Next up, you have Kylie Ray. Uh, talk about how she's upset with Deanna Perrazzo for what she did to Susie at Victory Road. Feels bad she couldn't save her fa- friend. Kimberly chimes in laughing and laughing at, uh, about how upset she is. So you'll probably see this match next week or the week after. Yeah, Kylie attacked Kimberly. Yeah, so it'll probably be next week or as I said, next week or the week after. Uh, after this, we saw Scott D'Amore and Heath in their meeting. Heath presents Scott his terms and Scott's like, you're 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 good. You're you're damn good, but you didn't win an Olympic gold medal. Then he presents Heath with his own contract. They end up arguing, and uh, Heath throws the contract up in the air, or uh, and, and just like storms out. Talks to Rhino about it. He mentions Drew McIntyre. He mentions Monday Night Raw. He mentions how I think he said he had an offer from them. Yeah, he did. But that goes and, back. Uh, that goes back to saying, you know, all those guys that they released, they offered them like smaller contracts. You remember that report, yeah. right? Yeah. So that was probably yeah. it was probably what it was. He was like, yeah, no, he bet, he's betting on himself. You know, he probably had this thing lined up with Impact. You know, before yeah, and then he blamed he blamed Terry for all of this. Yeah, big Not Terry, Rhino Terry. They're friends. You know, they're best friends, so maybe we'll see Scott Tamore set up a match at Bound for Glory, Rhino versus Heath, and, you know, if Heath wins, he gets a contract. Finger poke of doom? Imagine? <laughs> uh, I popped so hard for that. Uh, next up, you had this, you know, the the, the burial, the funeral of the TN, TNA championship, which EC3 throws the TNA title off a bridge and yells free moose. I was expecting a lot more from this. Well, uh, apparently an hour ago on social media, it broke that EC3 will face Moose in a, uh, in an undisclosed location on October 24th at Bound for Glory. Huh. So, yeah. So that should be cool. Maybe that's going to be there, you know, because every promotion has to have that one cinematic match. This might be that sim- cinematic match. 
2020 is cinematic. It's a mess is what it is. After that segment, we saw Ken Shamrock and Sammy Callahan. What, you forget his name? Gonna say Guevara. Gross. Sammy Callahan backstage, and Shamrock said that Eddie Edwards didn't deserve what happened to him at uh, Victory Road. Or not Victory Road, at uh, Impact or whatever, when he attacked Eddie Edwards last week. And uh, Sammy questioned who's next and and had Ken Shamrock beat up a security guard or whatever the guy was. Yeah. Yeah, they were at Victory Road as well. And uh, that's when uh, Sammy seems like he's kind of controlling Ken Shamrock. Yeah, maybe he is. Maybe he's using that uh, hacker and hacked uh, Ken Shamrock's mind. Is Ken Shamrock a robot? He could be. We don't know if Ken Shamrock's a robot or not. Well, he's getting inducted to the Hall of Fame, so... We should cut that little segment and uh, post it for a video clip on Twitter to get people to listen to our show. What? (laughs) We don't know if Ken Shamrock is a robot. (laughs) Just that? Yeah, dude, that's hilarious. But uh, I was just kidding. But after that, we saw... I've got nothing to do. I'm really (laughs) bored with editing right now. I've got no projects, um, you know, so... I'll I'll do it. You want me to cut a segment for, to put on social media? Ken is Ken Shamrock a robot? You decide. Be like a preview, preview of uh, episode five hundred five. Yeah, fine. Motor City Machine Guns defeat Ace Austin and Madman Fulton. After that, the North came out with chairs, but the Good Brothers, making sure nothing happens, making sure Motor City's a hundred percent for Bound for Glory. They they came out and and attacked the North. And then Gallows hit Madman Fulton behind the referee's back, and Motor City Machine Guns were able to pick up the victory there. Yeah, I um, and they set up for next week. It's going to be Gallows versus Madman Fulton. That's going to be awesome. So, uh, you know, but I, overall, I don't, I don't really think this was a good follow up from Victory Road. No, you said it was a good follow up from a pay per view, and it wasn't a pay per view. I think it was a pay per view. No, it wasn't a pay-per-view. If you didn't have... If they didn't offer that free month or whatever, you'd have to pay to view. I know, but then I wouldn't view it. <laughs> well. All right. Listen, Mr. Overcritical over here. Let's 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 jump off the Speaking impact. of overcritical. You're, yeah. <laughs> get, get ready for Brent to be super overcritical because WWE does absolutely nothing wrong. That's That's incorrect. That's false. AEW Dynamite this week, the celebration of, hands down, in my opinion, the best professional wrestler of all time, the best sports entertainer of all time, Chris the Demo God, Le Champion, Chris Jericho. I will speak his praises. You got any favorite Jericho moments? Uh, Just a lot. I don't know. It's hard to pick off the top of my head. Oh. Well, I'll mention one when we get to my mark out moment. I have my personal Jericho favorite moment, but... Well, go into it. Let's go. Talk about it. Well, I I, I posted it on Instagram. I posted it on Twitter that... Uh, and I said this, I think, last week or so. When uh, when I was uh, younger, in 2003, Chris Jericho would attend a charity hockey event that the Rangers would put on at Madison Square Garden for the Christopher Reeve Paralysis Foundation. And he played... In the game, and I brought a figure hoping to meet him. 
and get it signed. And I handed it to him, and he um, decided that it was too small to sign. So there's like a little blue smudge on the leg. And he went and handed us, uh, handed me his hockey stick that he used, and signed that. And I think that's my my nice. favorite. Even though it's not wrestling related, I think that's my favorite Chris Jericho moment. And and I had Mick Foley sign it as well because he was like the general manager of the team that night or something like that. Nice. Jericho missed the Royal Rumble that year to be at the charity event. Well, it just shows you what kind of an amazing person that he is. But you kicked off this evening with JR, who might have been intoxicated, oh. n- not did introducing... You, did, you happen, did you happen to see the picture he posted this week? Uh, no. On Twitter? It showed a little bit more than uh, people would have bargained for. Oh, really? Showed off... Uh, he was getting his feet worked on, uh, maybe a massage or a pedicure or something, and showed was, off, uh, you know... Was his boomer groomer hanging out? Not hanging out, but like it—it it was there. It was prominent. Now, but uh, you know, doesn't even know Ricky Starks' name. Taz and Ricky uh, Skaggs. Ricky, yeah, I was like, who? I'm like, what's going on here? <laughs> who? And what he, do you mean, who? Blue gla- bluegrass legend. Anyway, you have the machine. Brian Cage successfully defends his FTW championship against Will Hobbs in a battle of the big boys, and this was a battle of the big boys. You know, very hard hitting. <laughs> A lot of lariats. You know, they put over the you know the big spine buster that Hobbs does. So, what? what do you and have then to afterwards, Taz offered Hobbs a spot in Team Taz, and the other option would have been for Ricky Skaggs and Brian <laughs> Cage to beat up Will Hobbs. But Darby Allen came out, and the segment just ended. There wasn't any sort of like, I'm not going to join. I would have liked to see Hobbs. Maybe Hobbs joins next week and takes out Darby Allen. That I would have thought, yeah, it would have been nice to see Will Hobbs attack Darby Allen just then in that segment, but maybe we have that next week. Because next week is the big one-year anniversary of AEW Dynamite, so you, get, you know yes. you're going to get some huge, huge things happen next week. Yeah, um, I guess we could just, uh, I mean, I grouped all the, the Jericho stuff here. Well, all these, you know, congratulations. Yeah, he had a bunch of like celebrities, like Slash, uh, one-time host of the Slammy Award, who completely bombed Dennis Miller. <laughs> <laughs> you had Tanahashi, which was cool. Which started the rumor mill now this week. Like, oh, AEW is going to be working with New Japan. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, Ted Irvin, his father. You had Bully Ray, Shaquille O'Neal, Gene Simmons. Paul Stanley, <laughs> Paul Stanley Don Callis, Lars Ulrich, uh, yeah, Diamond out of Dallas the, Page. Out of all the members of Metallica they could have got, they got Lars. God. Well, because Lars has been on the show multiple times, I think. I know, but he's I think the he's worst. he's been on Talk is Jericho. What do you mean he's the worst? Metallica's just Metallica. Let them be. No, James. Why am I defending Metallica to you? It's James Hetfield, <laughs> Kirk. No, it's Cliff Burton who's number one, but he's dead. Uh, then it's... Then it's James, then it's uh, Kirk, and then it's Rob Trujillo, and then it's Jason Newstead, and then uh, you you lump lump Dave Mustaine and Lars in there in in the ball. Regardless, use that coupon code, save 20% off in in, free shipping. These weren't cameos. These were actually legitimate friends of Jericho. 
Yes, Lance Storm, Kevin Smith, Gabriel Iglesias, Chavo Guerrero, Ultimo Dragon, which was a pop. Yeah, huge. And uh, a few others. So it was cool to see Don Callis. Yeah, Don Callis. It just shows you, like, you know, some of these guys have legends deals at WWE. Some people are heads of Impact Wrestling. But it it doesn't matter to AEW because they want to show how great Chris Jericho is and how he he defies every company because he's that great. Next up, you had a 20-minute brush for greatness where FTR picks up the victory over the TH2. Haven't seen them in a while on Impact. Um, but then after the match, you have best friends come out. Wait, wait. Uh, before the, be- the the best friends part, uh, the the end – not the end of the match. At one point, I think it was Angelico. Oh, that did, bo- uh, huge botch. It was uh, Jack no, Evans. I didn't mention a bo- – I didn't see a botch. Okay. I don't remember that. He hits a backslide pin and then jackknifes the pin. I've never seen somebody pin do a pin into a, a a jackknife pin like that before. I don't think. I thought I was like super impressed with that, and I'm always happy to see Jack Evans and Angelico on actual television. And I hope that continues. When uh, when it was announced that FTR was going to be facing TH uh, two, uh, fans were were like tearing it apart on Twitter. Well, that's because Twitter's a a negative, toxic hellhole. Well, they were saying, like, these guys aren't in the top five even. Why would they get tag title shots? They're jobbers. There's nobodies. Which, in AEW, in AEW, they've done absolutely jack to build them up. They've been on dark for months. That's it. We saw them on TV, like, recently once. So, in uh, in, in their defense, yes. Who are they to get tag team title shots? But... I think it was Scott Dawson came like right away and said, I am the one that requested this match. They are too good to sit by the side and not do anything. Also, Jack Evans wasn't allowed in a freaking country because <laughs> of travel restrictions out of Mexico. He lives in Mexico. Okay, but even if there weren't travel restrictions, they weren't making television. Yeah, this thing, if, if they were, they would have been used all the time. And another, they're another on one of dark. those tanks. No, or dark, they would have been used... Prior on to TV? COVID, they were just on dark. They weren't on TV. And they're, they're, they're another tag team, too. The dances, their theme music walking out. I love it. It's great. Uh, so, also, before the best friends, you had you, you cut to backstage Young Bucks. Nick Jackson is there. He's over COVID, I guess. Uh, super kicks the cameraman. And, and I just think that's the dumbest thing. I don't understand, like, who came up with this gimmick? This gimmick is BTE. I say, Yeah, they have their own world championship now. Um, I said this to Dave... As we were watching it, I said it would have been better if they showed like the lens. They they had used some sort of graphic to throw like the lens cracking on there, instead of the, what looked like the cameraman just fell down into like a chair. I think that's fine though. I don't know. It, I just it, think that the overallness of it, it's just like it's just who cares? Why does anybody care about stuff like that? It's dumb. It was. It, I it, think what they're trying to do. It seems like to me they're trying to be stone cold. They're not stone cold, but they're. Tr- Does it seem like that at all? If I, if I say that, can it make sense in your head like that? No, that it doesn't. Trying to be stone cold, it doesn't make sense to me. But where let, they're trying to, they're doing heelish things and trying to get cheered. Yeah. Uh, now does it make sense? Uh, no, it doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> I just think they're just doing it because they're marks for themselves. Like, oh, that's super kick camera. That'll be good. I mean, I, I, again, I've said it. I'm not a fan of the Young Bucks, but I was a fan of what happened after this. 
as the best friends come out wearing shirts with FTR dressed up like hot dogs, and they call them Wheaties. And apparently, this shirt you can buy on awshop.com right now. So that's great. And they, you know, they kind of gave him a more of a serious role. They went in, tried to beat him up, and they held the tag team titles. Yeah, I, and uh, for, I for think, the one-year anniversary episode, Tony Khan sets up a big title match. Well, it's another brush for greatness. So if they don't oh. win in the 20 oh. minutes, FTR wins. Oh. Yeah, they, I saw that on uh, social media today. But I um, want yeah. them to win the tag team titles. They have they, they, Best Friends have been one of those teams in the past year of AEW that have been like hauling haul butt on the tag team division and how good they've been. They've got a bunch of chances, but I think they need to strike where the iron is hot. And I feel like the best friends are hot right now, especially coming off that fantastic parking lot brawl. You you don't think so? I would rather Nothing. see. Okay, okay. I go. would rather see it go twenty minutes, and then them get another shot at whatever it is full gear. Yeah, and then then what if? But here's the here's the thing. And I said it earlier. Next week you need a bunch of huge things to happen. Let's say, uh, for heaven's sake, hashtag Mark Booking. Best friends win. Um, and then all of a sudden later in the night, something. Uh, I, actually, you know what? Let me stop. And after we talk about the dog, dog collar match, I'll talk about the, my, my whole mark booking here. So the, the reason the reason why I don't want to see FTR lose it just yet is because like they're coming into AEW as like the top tag team. Like tag tag team wrestling doesn't exist without them in the company. Their definition tag team. Yeah. They just won it. 30 days ago or so. All right. Let's get on so, to you have a MJF package uh, offering his tribute to Chris Jericho. He said he's been proud, inspired by Jericho. And then you hit the nine o'clock hour and it's time for the first dog collar match. And who else do you have sitting ringside looking <sighs> completely and utterly miserable, but Greg, the hammer Valentine, you know, and they, they, they had his graphics say dog collar match survivor. Okay. You typically leave survivor like for for traumatic events. This is a traumatic match. No, no, they no, no, put no. I, they I, put over this match and the severity of it. You can you're attached by the neck. You could have you know your spine could get you could have contusions in your spine because of this. You're landing it and so okay. So, before we say anything, there's a new TNT champion. Cody defeats Mr. Brody Lee, and I think this match was incredible. I thought this match was... Okay. I was going to say, it was clearly going to be brutal, which it was. And both of them were definitely going to get busted open, which they did. And I'm surprised the first... Including Johnny, John I, Silver as and well. And I'm surprised the first person that didn't get bu- got busted open wasn't Cody. <laughs> it was John Silver. Yeah. I like he tweeted. He goes, I wasn't even in the match. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was a good match. I just don't agree with the outcome. Now yeah. it just like very much so clearly just looks like Cody lost the title just so he could film the the television program. Let me I let's talk about the t- the match itself. They did great spots using the dog collar. The one thing that somebody I somebody pointed out, I think it was Justin Labar pointed out is they're doing this table spot and it goes to picture in picture. Why would they? Oh, yeah. That was the only. That was the only. And I realized that, and I was like, "Oh, I'm like, he's absolutely right." The one table spot was in picture in picture when they went to the, their first commercial break. 
So, like, you can't see that. And you want a full range on that. You want the full television to be showing that. You don't want a, a 25% on the side of the thing. That was my only negative about this match. I that would be, I think, referee communication. Well, that should have been like the referee. It's like, hey, guys, you know, he should just whispers for the ears. Guys, we're going to a commercial break. Hold off on the table spot until I tell you to. So, Cody Hurt. loses the title in three minutes. And now comes back, like, puts a dog collar on. He's got more power than ever. Well, you know, it's, again, it's to, you know, we noticed that going up into Cody losing it, that he was like, oh, yeah, I'm great. You know, I'm unstoppable. Look at me. I'm beating all these guys. And then he got hit, hit with this roadblock that he did. He wasn't prob- probably wasn't expecting in Brody Lee. Now he took time to, you know, uh, let's, uh, let's, let's make a kayfabe here. He took a, he took a couple, he took two months, almost two months back. Got time to adjust, realign, dye his hair, you know, do all this stuff, <laughs> and now he's kind of a little bit more prepared for it. And especially they use the dog, especially the end, the ending of the match where he wrapped the dog collar around Brody Brody Lee's face and then hits the the crossroads with the thing on his face. I'm um, not getting up from that. No one's getting up from that. Uh, the heartfelt speech afterwards, goofy. That's your favorite word. I think so. Yeah. Uh, but, but he wants to put the title on the line next week. And Orange Cassidy came out and Cody gave him one of those uh, thumbs up gimmicks. So I was listening to Busted Open yesterday and Bully Ray made a great point. What happens if Cody gives us the old double swerve? Because, yeah, Cody is like, oh, I love you people. You guys are great. I'm not going down a dark hole just because I died by hair. This, that, and the other thing. Then let's say next week he loses to Orange Cassidy. And then, you know what? Yeah, I'm all about you people, but you freaking, you you made me do this. That he beats up Orange Cassidy to a bloody pulp. Everybody starts hating him. People will take oh. this. People will take this so seriously because there's people out there that have Cody Rhodes tattoos on their neck. I can't believe you beat up the over. <laughs> I gotta scrape this off. I can't believe you would do that to Orange Cassidy. He's so over. How dare you do this, Cody? It's 1970s and 1980s wrestling heat that we don't see anymore in wrestling. But are you saying Orange Cassidy will be the TNT champion? I think they need to do that. Strike while the iron's hot. So he there's, does, your, he there's doesn't... your big moment for next week. You don't no, but that, the, no, but no, but no, 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 no. Okay, so the, now let's go back to what I was going to say before, too. So now you have him lose the TNT title. You have FTR lose the tag team titles. They've been touting this four horsemen stable. Afterwards, you have best friends come out with their tag team titles. Everybody starts celebrating. Boom! FTR comes out. Boom! Sean Spears comes out. Cody Rhodes gets up. They look like they're about to fight him. They all hug. They beat down best friends. There's your four horsemen stable right there. They start throwing up the four. Everybody starts going nuts. I'm pumped up right now. I'm just about talking about <laughs> I'm this. I'm Jack, brother. My bird. Oh, yeah. By the way, we got a second bird. His name's Ollie. Uh, my birds are looking at me. Uh, wow. Okay. Is it Ollie after a skateboard? Or? No, it's Ollie after King Ollie in Super Mario Origami King. Never heard of him. Yeah, it's it's from it's Switch. It just came out over the summer. But that's your big moment right there. And then you end off AEW with the four of them, with Tully Blanchard and Orange Anderson holding up the four. You have Orange Cassidy and Best Friends laid out. And that's how you start your second year. That's awesome. I would rather them not hold up the four, though. Well, maybe they hold up the four, but have one of the fingers down. I don't know. Three? No. (laughs) You have, like, the uh, the ring finger down. You have the thumb up. 
I don't know. They, they hold up the the three, uh, the index, middle, and ring, and thumb. Yeah. I don't know. But anyway, they announced more. After this, they announced more names for the World Championship Tournament. Wardlow, Cole Cabana, Hangman Page, and then you get a Kenny Omega, a goofy Kenny Omega promo afterwards. Omega's also in it, right? Yes. I think. Yes, he is. So I'm still I'm still hoping it's Phoenix. I, I think all signs point to Kenny, but I'd rather have Phoenix. Yeah, I mean, you see a cleaner Kenny, a heel Kenny come out. Everybody yeah. that was a face in the first year of A Dynamite turns heel <laughs> the second year. It's the se- second season. That's what happens. Yeah, that's what happens. Uh, After this, we saw Big Swole defeat Serena Deeb. Where has Big Swole been? I don't know, but she's now uh, she gets a title shot next week on the uh, anniversary episode against Akarshita. I don't know, like, I don't know how they like she she won at All Out and then just like left her off for a month. Yeah, I see. She's been working dark, but like, if you don't watch dark though, then where has she been? Nowhere. And I don't think this was the right match to have her like come back or whatever. Like, why would you put somebody so respected as Serena Deeb lose like that? Well, she... It was a pretty good match. I I, I don't know. I feel like they should have done more to showcase Big Swole there. It, I don't know. It was almost nothing. Yeah. Okay. Next up, After John... After that, Mo- we saw John Moxley in a bar uh, hyping up his title match with Lance Archer for next week. Yeah, they talked about uh, their matches in, in Tokyo. Yeah. So, you know, there's the more of seeding of an AEW New Japan uh, working relation. Uh, and then the main event, we saw Chris Jericho and Jake Hager defeat Luther and Serpentico in a match that went exactly how you would have expected it to. Yeah. Uh, it must have been super awesome for Jericho and Luther. Oh, I bet. I, mean, I think when Luther got in the ring that first time and Jericho got in the ring, you heard people popping because they know especially AEW having the smart wrestling fan, they know the, their sort of connection. Also, uh, we didn't even mention, I think Miro and Kip Sabian were playing a video game ringside at one point, right? We didn't have to mention it because I didn't yeah. really care about it. <laughs> that, like, But like they have that big promo last week, like, I know what we can do. And then it just, <laughs> that's what they get on TV with the week after. Yeah. But anyway, you get Luther Luther having some sick dives to the outside. Uh, you know, it was a Judas effect by Chris Jericho that dropped Luther to get the win. Afterwards, they have this big celebration, and MJF comes out with a clown. And Did a- you see Wardlow uh, break during that? <laughs> no, when, I didn't. Uh, MJF goes, and Wardlow, get ready to unveil whatever and like he goes to pull the thing and like you could clearly see there's a clown under there yeah, he, he, he saw goes, there was a clown five. the entire time yeah and he like goes to the countdown and but like Wardlow already pulled the, the curtain off like a lot so you could see more so he like smirked there I thought it was funny but yeah clownico le clown yeah and then the clown had a gift for Chris Jericho which was a giant framed photograph of MJF Jericho broke that frame and picture over the clown's head stating that he doesn't like clowns. Yeah. And then the rest of the heels came out to celebrate with Chris Jericho and it ended like a sitcom. It was so good. With credits. And I could say uh, with a little thing of doubt, perhaps it was based off of Cook with Brandon. 
<laughs> no, it wasn't at all. <laughs> what are you trying uh, to be like I mean, Jr. Trying to get you, yourself over here like he did? All right, folks, have a good night. Think, beat Texas. If you think though, if think about it though, if you remember one of those credits, it was like produced by Chris, uh, written by this, 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 and it was all it was all Chris written down there. Yeah. I'm just putting myself over. That's what Chris Jericho was doing. I tweeted that tweet to Chris Jericho. Maybe he looked up Marking Out, went to YouTube, saw Cooking with Brandon, saw the ending, asked uh, uh, Ruckus to be like, hey, brother, can you produce this track? I just watched this sweet cooking video on YouTube.com slash Marking Out 11. Had credits where they were putting themselves over at the end. I want to do that at the end of my 30th anniversary episode. Ruckus made the theme overnight. Uh, that's confirmed. So maybe you never know. Uh, I don't know. But anyway, congratulations, Chris Jericho. 30 years in the business. I'm hoping for 30 more. We'll pop some more of a, a little bit of the bubbly since it's back. They have to, they ha- they can't like not, not make it now. They have to make it for like forever because you know, you can't, I, I understand. I understand like the concept of like, Oh, it's going to sell out soon, but keep getting, keep getting it out there. People want it. An expert for Christmas. It's great. Seriously, my wife said, "What do you want?" And I said, um, "I want a little bit of the bubbly for Christmas." She's like, "Are you serious?" I'm like, "Yes, yes, I am." <laughs> so that's that. Let's get into. Um, I guess yeah, I'll introduce myself. Chris's match of the week. Chris's match of the week. Chris's match of the week. Match of the week this week comes from Creative Pro Wrestling. Unfortunately, the Even Stevens had to forfeit their championship, so the uh, new champions were crowned. It is the Shook Crew, Bryce Donovan and Bobby Orlando taking on Smart Mark Sterling and the most professional wrestler, Brian Myers. Check that out on the Creator Pro YouTube channel. It's got a bunch of hits on there, and maybe you probably understand, probably know what the uh, end results are going to be. Brandon, who are you shouting out? Listen to Brandon's shoutouts, because when there are shoutouts, <laughs> there's honey. Unfortunately, Eddie Van Halen passed away this this week at the age of 65. Um, one of the absolute best guitarists in the history of rock and roll. He revolutionized guitar playing. Yeah. Um, I got to see Van Halen play twice in 2015. Um, my favorite Chris Jericho attire is based off of Eddie's famous Frankenstein guitar. Yeah. And that was the figure that I, I went to get signed by Chris. Um, but it's it's just, it's a shame. Yeah, it sucks. People dying. Too many people dying. Yeah. Um, next up, WWE 24, Drew McIntyre, uh, which I it shouldn't be a surprise that another WWE 24 is getting a shout out. But like, Man, did you watch it or not yet? Nope. So they at one point cover the ICW stuff where right after Drew gets fired, he uh, he went to ICW and had that huge like promo afterwards. Yep, I remember it. Man, seeing that like brought me back. And I, I remember being jealous that I wasn't there. When Drew Galloway returned, like there would be no, like absolutely negative 0% chance that I would have ever shown up at an ICW show, uh, given where ICW is. But I remember being jealous because it was one of those moments that was just like, uh, like, holy crap. Yeah. Like that's, 
going to be a huge thing. And it, and the clip, I remember, it went viral. Uh, Mick Foley put it over to uh, Stone Cold on the podcast, which they they talk about on the 24 episode. But it was just overall, it was a really good episode of, uh, or, or docu- document uh, series episode. I don't know what you call it. But, so that's a shout out. Last shout out goes to Glow. It was announced that due to COVID, Netflix is pulling the plug on on Glow. I am trying not to curse during this. I'm editing it, so if you watch it, it's fine. And I think, I'm fine. And I think they filmed some of their fourth season stuff, which absolutely sucks. But, and it was supposed to be the final season. Yeah. And I think they, I think they canceled it. They, they, I think they gave like reasoning that it's too physical to film during COVID. I, I mean, wrestling. They, a they bit got too wrestling phys- filming during COVID, and it's like, I, man, that sucks. It absolutely sucks because it was a really good show, and I know there were people who did not even like wrestling. They were watching it and getting turned on to wrestling, and any anything that like puts on. pro wrestling in the 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 mainstream media or whatever, I appreciate because of that. Yeah. Because it draws in eyes. So hopefully they do end up somehow getting a fourth season or they get a movie or something. I know Mark Marin was trying to lobby for a movie. <sighs> Who knows? Hopefully. But those are my shout outs. Now it's time for our moment of the week. That is right, our mark out moment of the week. Um, I brought him up before. I'm gonna just say, uh, just a, a little portion of a mark out moment. Uh, on YouTube, Miro was interviewed by Denise Salcedo. Who is Denise Salcedo? And it was Salcedo? confirmed that he... What? Who is Denise Salcedo? What did you say? Who is Denise works, Salcedo? I believe now Now she works for the Wrestling Observer. Okay. I believe she does stuff with Fightful as well. Uh, but he's a confirmed Swifty. What's a Swifty? So I think that's cool, and you can watch his full uh, interview with her on on YouTube or her full interview with him. Uh, what did you say? What is a Swifty? Yep, a fan of Taylor Swift. Oh, okay. I'm so sorry. Fuck off. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you have any markout moments? I was on Busted Open this week. What? Yeah, I got through. <laughs> totally. I didn't know that. What yeah, because I didn't tell you. I was saving it for this. So Wednesday was it Wednesday? Um, yeah, it was Wednesday because they did a whole show dedicated to how awesome Chris Jericho is. So I'm like, man, and and if you've listened to the show, you've heard me like more recently just going over how awesome Chris Jericho is. I'm like, I have to call in. So I call in. <laughs> uh, I wait 45 minutes on the phone. And then, uh, I mean, I say I saved the clip. We could just put it in here right now. Can I do that? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to put it in here right now. Boom. A lot of people want to join in on the conversation when it comes to Jericho. Let's go out to Chris. In Long Island. A lot of Chris is calling in today. Interesting. Chris in Long Island, what do you got, buddy? Hey, how are you guys today? Thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. You got it. Um, Jericho-wise, one of the greatest of all time. Maybe one of my top five favorite wrestlers. And as I was sitting on the phone, I was thinking about like, the Jericho moment. 
I want to take you back to WCW when he was feuding with Dean Malenko. Dean Malenko, the man of a thousand holes. Jericho comes out with the ring of paper, starts throwing off all the holes that he knows. Every other hole holds is an arm bar. Hilarious. The guy yeah. is still great on the microphone to this day to with the fact that I have my four-year-old daughter screaming bubbly around the house and just running around like a maniac. I, and they, and again, so, you know, Tommy talks about everything he touches turns to gold. Think about like a little bit of the bubbly, like after winning that championship match and just something like that. I'm sure at the time when he said it, didn't think was going to be some kind of, you know, international hit on social media, like was a gif everywhere after that match took place. It's crazy when you think about it. He got an action figure out of it. That's how over it is. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know you know, you're over and you can get things over when you have an inanimate object i mean not only just that but i mean it's the fact that he had his own line of, of bubbly that you could buy think about that like he was able to a little bit of the bubbly when he's talking about the freaking champagne in the back when he when he won and then the guy you know a month later before new year's has got his own line of, of freaking bubbly it's amazing so yeah, that was my uh, thing on busted open. Uh, I mean, I I recorded it off of my speakers on my phone, so that's why you hear the birds screaming in the background. Um, but yeah, that no, was pretty cool to talk to uh, Dave LeGreca. Tommy Dreamer was there, and I wanted to be like, hey, first off, Tommy, great mass on Impact last night. But I'm like, they're asking me about Jericho. <laughs> they're asking me about Jericho, so I'm like, I better talk about Jericho. So yeah, that's uh, one of my mark out moments. I also got marked out because I've been looking for this beer recently uh, called by uh, Flying Dog Brewery called Vicious Hook. Uh, it's a fruit punch sour. I got it. Was super stoked about it. I had it, and it's really not that good. So oh. yeah, I kind of disappointed about that, and that's like the first time in a long time that I've been disappointed about a beer. So um, yeah, I, I think uh, also the fact that they announced the return of Halloween Havoc. Oh yeah, you marked out so hard. You were texting me. Well, because because I tweeted out during Takeover in your house, like, "Hello, can we just get a, a Takeover Halloween Havoc?" And then yeah. this month, it just so happened that Takeover or not Takeover uh, Halloween is on a Saturday. But then it was like, "Hey, by the way, we're doing a Takeover on a Sunday in the beginning of the month." But we're getting it as a special episode of uh, as NXT, so I'm pumped about that. And uh, on the topic of Halloween, I watched Hubie Halloween. Oh, you talked N- about this. Netflix Netflix uh, uh, movie starring Adam Sandler and, like, absolutely everybody. It's like a combination of SNL, like, generations of SNL and then, uh, like, a newer generation of Disney stars. Okay. Um but it was really good, and at one point they were at like a, a festival, and there was somebody dressed with the uh, the Macho Man purple robe with the blue stars that you could have purchased a few years ago for a costume. Okay. So I marked for that little bit, but I thought it was overall it was an enjoyable movie, and I was laughing at it. But I like comedy like that. I know there are people that are that will uh, tear that film apart, but screw you. And it, it was it was a happy Gilmore uh, reunion. They had throwbacks to Happy Gilmore. They had throwbacks to Billy Madison. So yeah. it was a fine movie. It, it was it was fine. And this episode was fine. Marking out 505. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this online listening experience. You can go to Facebook.com slash Twitter.com slash YouTube and Instagram.com slash Mark 11. 
Buy our merchandise on sale. Fall sale. ProWrestlingTees.com slash marketing out. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Chris Dog, Brandon on Twitter at BETTG161. And Dave at DaveTheRave underscore MO. Until next time, we wish you the... Best of luck in your, your future, future endeavors. endeavors. Have a fantastic week.